Okay, okay and, and it looks like we are live. We're live. <laughs> Here we hey, are. Um, everybody, welcome. Uh, welcome to the welcome back to the Ship Life TV uh, podcast, the show that's dedicated to raising awareness of the opportunity of uh, working on cruise ships and helping new and existing crew have an enjoyable experience. We're joined today by Rochelle Van, help, help me again, Van Van Zoren. Van Zoren, that's right. Van yeah, Zoren. Okay. Nobody ever gets it right, so. <laughs> Um, you can check out her channel. Um, it's it's right above. If I am I pointing this way, right, it's right over there. But um, Rochelle, how are you today? I'm good. It's Father's Day. I mean, it's a little cloudy here up in uh, Vancouver, Canada, but yeah, things are going good. Yeah, and um, the reason I have you on the show today for for those of you um, who are who are joining us, we got three people in the chat right now. Um, it, you approached me. Which is, and I, I think I feel like that's great that you that you uh, saw the channel and you know you, you wanted to participate and I, I think you mentioned that you had commented um, in one of the videos, which is awesome. Um, and it turns out that we have a mutual friend that yeah. that we both know on cruise ships, a really good friend of of mine and of yours, Michael Redden. Yeah, Michael, I had to give him a shout out today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, super super cool guy. If you guys um, are not familiar with him, I, I'll I'll put his information in the um, description below, um, especially for those of you who are watching after the fact. But um, uh, from what you were telling me, you worked on uh, celebrity cruises, right? And yeah. you've you've been working there for about what f uh, three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half. So I've done three full contracts with Celebrity and I actually did one contract on MSC as well. And that was kind of the crazy thing about ship life is like we probably have even worked together at some point and we didn't realize it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> or have crossed paths at some point. And so when I found out you also worked for Celeb, I was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so you were telling me that you worked on Equinox Summit infinity and eclipse so well in that sense we may not have crossed paths but at the same time there is that possibility that we've been in port together somewhere along yeah. those lines um and i know a lot of those ships they they all look the same so you know if like the uh the is it silhouette class what, what what's the big class of ships solstice class solstice class that's right yeah yeah so um, so yeah, you've worked on those ships before and, it, and so you've worked on the Solstice class and you were, it looks like you've worked on the, the smaller ones too. Um, yeah, the summit and infinity. Yep. And, <laughs> and you were working in the, in the broadcast department, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in broadcast now for almost the entire time. I started as a broadcast operator and then to digital content manager and then now to broadcast manager. So got it. Got it. Got it. Um, so I, I guess we can dive into that. I mean, you know, what I, one thing that I love doing is um, diving into how people got to where they are and, you know, uh, or where they were, um, their ship life experience. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you started in, in broadcast? Like, did, did you always do that or did you kind of just fall into it? Um, yeah, so I went to film school here in Canada and I knew that I always wanted to work in like the TV media world and things like that. And so I actually started out working in the news industry here in Canada and for about a year. And then I kind of just realized it wasn't really for me. 
um, decided to leave my job and I actually ended up traveling for a month in Europe. And that's when I kind of like fell in love with traveling and I was kind of like, okay, how can I like merge the two and find a way to travel while I can also work? And so, I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there for, you know, videographers for like resorts and things, but then it was kind of like fate, I think, because one day I got a message on LinkedIn from a recruiter from Royal, Royal Caribbean, who's the sister company of celebrity for those who don't know. And um, yeah, I had an interview a couple of weeks later. Um, the interview process is a bit longer. I think I had two like FaceTime type interviews and then a whole bunch of paperwork and like documents, as you know. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, I was off to Miami and honestly, I fell in love with cruising and the travel industry and working on ships and the people I've met. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. That's awesome. So let's back up real quick. You were saying that they approached you yeah how did they find you do you i think it was through linkedin um, okay just because my main i think my main role at the time on there was videographer mm -hmm. and i think their broadcast department was looking um like quite avidly for uh videographers and since i popped up i must have popped up in their search or something sure um and yeah and i think the i don't know maybe it boosted my chances or something just being from north america since it is an american company mm-hmm um, but yeah, I was super grateful that they reached out. It was like perfect timing for me because I was kind of just freelancing here in the industry thinking like what I'm going to do next. And then, yeah, like I said, I think it was fate. And remind me, where are you from again? Uh, Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, Canada. Is, yeah. is that how you know Michael? Like you guys are, cause I know he's Canadian as well. Yeah. So he, we actually have like kind of like a little battle going on because he's from the East Coast. Uh -huh. So he's from Nova Scotia, I believe. Right. He might get mad at me if I say that wrong. I'm pretty positive <laughs> he's from Halifax. So we actually met my first contract because my first contract, I was actually transferred in the middle of my contract. Mm -hmm. So I started out on the Equinox. I did, I think, three months there. did the whole Caribbean. And then I was transferred to the Eclipse, which was in the Mediterranean. And that's where I met Michael because he was one of the solo musicians there. Yeah. And I mean, for Canadians, there's not very many of us on board. Mm -hmm. I mean, Canadians, really North Americans in general, there's usually like a small population of us. Yeah, so. absolutely. So me and Michael were like, oh, hey, like you're Canadian, I'm Canadian. So we just kind of, <laughs> you know, we were just like buddies from there on out. And we both are super into, you know, video. And so I'd help him out with like, you know, camera gear. And he would always come visit my office and I would give him like editing tips. and Very cool things like that. So yeah, so we became buddies. And then I actually ended up running into him again, this past contract that I just did again on the Equinox. He was there um, with his girlfriend, Kayla. And so I got to meet her and we all became like bonded because we're all Canadian. So yeah, it was super fun. He's been one of my good buddies for a while now. Very, very cool. Um, that's, that's so funny, you know, about like the geeking out on the, you know, the, the camera stuff. Cause I, I geek out with him every now and then. I think that's the only way that we, we really chat nowadays. He'll just send me like something on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, check this out, bro. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. But, um, diving back into, into your story. So you were saying that you went through the whole interview process. Can you, um, explain to me a little bit more about, your experience in the interview process like how was that for you we talked about that a little bit in my in, in my previous episode last week um so what did you do to prepare how were you feeling throughout the whole process um 
Yeah, I remember being so nervous because, you know, especially I had no idea really of cruising. I had never taken a cruise before. Um, I wasn't super familiar with the company. If I'm being honest, I was just like, okay, well, like, let's do it. Yeah. So, um, the first interview I had was with a person from HR, I believe. Yeah. And it was pretty straightforward, you know, just asking about my background and, you know, why I wanted the job and things like that. And so I definitely did my research beforehand, like looking up about celebrity and Royal, because I actually didn't know that I was going to be put on a celebrity ship. Um, I just kind of interviewed with like Royal Caribbean as a brand. Mm. And then when they initially sent me my first contract, it was for the Equinox. So I kind of was like, oh, celebrity. Okay, cool. So, um, and I'm actually really glad that I was put on a celebrity ship because it's such like a small little community and a family. And yeah, I feel like it was just meant to be. Um, but the, the part after the interviewing process, I think was harder, you know, when it comes to like your paperwork because you have to do like your medical, you know, your police background check, mm-hmm. your, you know, so much paperwork. And so that took me probably like at least um, almost a month, I want to say, to get all the paperwork done. Yeah. Um, they do make, make it really easy through like, you know, their online system that they use for employees, which I found super helpful. Um, but yeah, for, for that, I mean, it was definitely time consuming, but it was also pretty straightforward of a process. Right, right, right. I know sometimes in the the hiring process, they actually don't give you that much time. So there are some people who are just incredibly rushed through the process. <laughs> yeah, they wanted me to fly out like two weeks earlier than I initially did, but I had to wait for my like medical results and stuff to come back, which here in Canada like took a little bit longer just because, you know, there's so many things going on and people going on in the medical world. So it kind of took a little bit longer than I had anticipated, but yeah, it was definitely worth it. Right. Now, when when you when they reached out to you, they did they specifically say, "Yeah, we're looking for the, someone to hop on as a a broadcast operator," or was it just kind of something along the lines of, "Yeah, we've we've got a couple positions." Did they did they give you options? What what did that look like? Um. Yeah, they said a videographer, but. Um, it was kind of in the sense of like the broadcast operator, because when they said broadcast operator, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Yeah. Um, but once they kind of sent me, they sent me like basically like a job description of what it entailed, which is mostly doing videography. So you're kind of like the one who, you know, takes the camera around the ship and is filming like events and things like that. But then we also have a photo department on board, which Mm -hmm. is completely separate. And so some people would get us confused because there was also like a videographer running around who works for the photo department. Right. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, which I don't think they have that anymore, but that was kind of like when I started, that was how things were. And then, you know, I had the broadcast manager who was with me kind of telling me like, okay, you need to film this or film that, or, you know, sometimes it was a lot of editing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when I, when I think they reached out, it was kind of just a broad, kind of thing of what I was going to be doing. I don't think I really even found out until I got there, which was kind of scary, but. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I I know that in terms of the videographers, like you do have one um, that, that that is on the the photo team and especially with celebrity and royal um the photo and video team like that whole gallery is is also um hired out by a third party yeah um and i know your department in particular for broadcast is a very small department like um did you ever meet a guy named dan daniel goldberg 
Um, also Canadian. It doesn't ring a bell, but I mean, I probably know of him because like we'd have meetings, you know, with the whole like broadcast teams sure. on all the ships and I'm sure I probably came across him at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the reason I bring him up was because he was, he was the digital content manager on my first ship and that was my introduction to what the heck that even was. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. I didn't know the broadcast operator was a thing and you know, then obviously there's a manager and, um, and real quick, uh, just wanted to say what's up to all the new people that, that, that just, uh, that are hopping on right now. Edison, what's going on? Sterling, Bland, Blandis Maximus, Javier Taylor. Um, uh, if you guys have any questions for myself or Rochelle, throw them in the chat. And, um, you know, when we have a little, when we have a second to dive into your answer, we're, we're more than happy to, um, uh, start a conversation but jumping back into um your original um uh duties <laughs> duties um your job um yeah. let's let's dive into the broadcast operator position real quick and can we talk a little bit about the the responsibilities of your job the day-to-day -day duties because I I'm still not exactly sure what the heck that is. Even though one of you know I, I'm a good friend of um, Coffee with Sean, and he was a broadcast operator on another ship. He used to work on Norwegian. But even though I had an entire podcast with that guy, I don't know for some reason everything just like right over my head. I can't really remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. So I feel like um, at least for me in my department, like there's always like this stigma around like people thinking that broadcast did nothing because they would never really see us around other than when I was filming and that's because our office is always like locked like very private like only like a few people have access to it and it initially looks like basically like a mini little tv studio so for people that don't have access to the office you know they have no idea what we're doing all day so like people would be like oh like were you sleeping all day i'm like no i was working <laughs> so yeah so that was the kind of thing like you know having to explain to people like what it is but um initially for the broadcast operator yeah it's just a lot of filming and editing and you're also basically the client to like the cruise director is your client essentially so since we're we fall under the entertainment department category which involves you know the cast the activities team the youth team broadcast um we fall under that little tree and family so um yeah whatever the cruise director needs us to film we're basically always on call and every day they have something called a daily show which you probably know of so they'll do like a little daily show of like what activities are going on for the next day, you know, what guests can do in the port. Um, and so, yeah, we, that's like the main thing that we would film every single day. And it really just depends on the cruise director too, like how much or how little they want to film. Right. Um, but, you know, or it's like restaurant promos, you know, sushi promos, whatever kind of restaurants are around. Um, yeah, so I would just say we're just out and about all the time filming and editing little projects or things, you know, needed from head office. And yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Right. Yeah, I remember um, I have, because you guys are involved in the, uh, par you're part of the the entertainment department, I've gotten to know a couple of the, the videographers on that side. Um, and just to be clear, the, the videographer in the broadcast department is called the broadcast operator? Yes. Got yeah. it. Okay. So that makes more sense to me. Um, yeah. 
So I've I've and I've seen them like running around, you know, and they'll they'll have their entire setup, and then um, it'll be the the cruise director standing there, maybe interviewing somebody, uh, maybe the activities host or something like that. Here's what's coming up today or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's interesting, um, just in itself, and to hear that a lot of it just essentially involves um, running around doing the video and then editing it and then. Uh, making sure that it gets to you're also posting it to make sure it gets to everyone's TVs or is that the 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 uh, digital content manager who's who's running that yeah so it's actually more of a collaboration between the broadcast operator and the broadcast manager so the broadcast manager essentially tells them where to schedule it so we are in charge of all the TV channels as well which is why I think it is called the broadcast operator um, because not only are you making the content, but you're scheduling it, you're making sure it's on the right channel, um, whether it's, you know, like a port shopping channel, the cruise director channel, um, you know, that kind of thing. And then the broadcast manager is more in charge of, you know, the signal, the satellites, making sure mm. things are up and running, more the technical side of things. Okay. Yeah. That's so a, there's, I, there's a lot to it. <laughs> did you study this? You said you went to film school. Did you study the technical side of that in school, like broadcast for television? Is that what? Yeah. So the program I was in was called television and video production. Um, so it was kind of a mix between like television and then also doing like short films and like more creative work. Okay. Um, but I would say a lot of it when it came to, you know, like satellites and that kind of thing, I mostly just learned on the job once I started taking over as broadcast manager. Sure. Um, and it's good too, because whoever your manager is at the time as broadcast operator, like slowly teaches you, you know, more and more and more. So over the years, I kind of, you know, got used to it because not every ship is the same also, you know, some are more upgraded technologically or, you know, others have different camera gear. So I feel like it's good to, you know, diversify your knowledge. And with celebrity, I feel like I've learned so much over the years. What are some of the main challenges you experience as a broadcast operator? Um, I think, you know, ship life is unique in the sense that the work-life balance never really is a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> because you live at work. Like we would have like these deck phones, you know, that you could be called on at any time if they needed you. Oh, I'm so glad I never had one of those. <laughs> yeah yeah like i still have like nightmares and i can like hear my deck phone ringing in the middle of the night even mm -hmm. when i'm on bed. Mm -hmm. so i think yeah i think that's one of the things um i encountered and you know like you'll have like the odd person that's difficult to work with or difficult to film with which luckily i didn't encounter too many of those or you know but that that's probably the main thing is like a work-life balance you know the days where i'm like editing really late at night and like your friends are already down in the crew bar you know have like chilling for the night and you're like still working because usually like the broadcast operator would be working quite late mm -hmm. and even the broadcast manager like usually we do work either really early or really late like it, the hours really vary so i think um over the years i've gotten a lot better at that but i think starting out it was like hard because i was pretty young when i started out so it was kind of like oh i want to have fun but you know work comes right. first yeah absolutely you know um i feel like the especially the first contract is where it it it's really challenging because it's uh it's kind of a uh a new environment you know and when i first signed on I feel like the best way I could describe it was like being at work and in college at the same time. Yeah, it's like college <laughs> on steroids. That's yes. what I call it. 
friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, because I never dormed either, but I've been to some friends who've had dorms, and it, like, it still didn't feel like that. It, like, you take your dorm, and then you cram it together, and then you also put them on a ship where it, yeah. it, you know, at times it feels like a prison, but at other times it's like, this is so cool that everything's so near. Um, it's always mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, super grateful, too, that I had bosses, like, who would allow me to still, you know, take some time during the day and go check out the port we were in or, you know, oh, there's sirens. This is downtown Vancouver for it's you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was the main thing, like, you know, it's helpful when you have a nice boss. But, yeah, at the same time, like, going into it for the first time with, like, a roommate because I had a roommate my first couple contracts. Mm-hmm. And just being surrounded by so many new cultures as well, it's like a bit of a shock at first. You know, right. you walk into the crew mess and people are just like, you know, if you're new, people are like, oh, who is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of new, um, y- you know, there, there, there is a culture of um, when women hop onto the ship for, for the guys, you know, a, a particular term that, uh, that we usually call it is shark week. And I'm not sure. Yeah, you're aware. Okay, good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, do, can like I I'm I'm interested now because you just, you you mentioned being new on the ship. What what were some? Did you encounter any of that? Like, what what was your experience being a new woman on the ship? Did did you did you experience like the 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 um the eyeballs and creepy dudes hitting on you and stuff like that? <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like that's quite common you know for women on ships like not not that necessarily it's a bad thing but you definitely need to be more aware of you know who's like being just nice to you just because and who actually you know just wants to be your friend or you know things like that so um it was definitely very intimidating I remember my first contract because like for those people that don't know, like we have a big crew mess where everybody eats together mm-hmm. um, on sea days and like other days. Like, so you kind of walk in and like, it's like, especially if you're new, people are just kind of like, Oh, who's that? Like, you know, and then you get like the odd people coming up to you in crew bar and coming up to you here and just like wanting to talk to you. And so I feel like I've gotten a lot better at like either shutting it down right away, especially like now that I'm a manager, like I want to be a role model for whoever my staff is to be like, okay, no, you can't put up with these kind of behaviors. And also you have to be very culturally aware that, you know, some people might, you know, do something to you that you may think is offensive, but to them, it's just normal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, and they do give you a lot of training on that kind of stuff, which is also helpful. Right. But yeah, I think as a woman, you just definitely need to, you know, watch yourself and not that anything like scary is going to happen, but it's still an environment, you know, sometimes people drink or, you know, like have a laugh with their friends and they just don't really understand what's, what could possibly hurt somebody's feelings. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, it's been pretty good. It's, um, it's been an interesting, uh, situation, but yeah, it's been a good one. Well, you strike me as the type of person who, who is very straightforward so I, you know, I couldn't imagine somebody uh, crossing that line without it, you know, turning into a really big thing. Um, and you're, I'm glad you brought that up as well. You're definitely right that they do, um, they do offer a lot of, not even offer, like they put us through a lot of training to make sure that um, no matter where you're from, what culture you're in, there is a line um, that should never be crossed. And they have that zero tolerance training too. So 
if anyone if anything was to remotely happen you're immediately pulled into the security's office and interrogated essentially but um let's let's go back to some of the positions that um that we were talking about earlier right so you started off as a broadcast operator and then how long did it take you to go from operator to digital content manager um so i did two full contracts as broadcast operator which it's weird because i ended up getting transferred my first and second contract which can happen for those who don't know like you just because you start out on one ship doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stay there sure so which i ended up loving because it made my contract feel so much shorter and i got Mm -hmm. to see some really cool places Mm -hmm. so my first contract i did equinox and eclipse as broadcast operator and then my second one i did infinity and summit and then my third contract, I actually, that's when I left Celebrity for a bit and did one contract with MSC and I was on their digital team, which was quite a bit different than Celebrity. And then essentially when I wanted to come back to Celebrity, they offered me, you know, the higher position of digital content manager, which I was super excited about. So Very cool. Yeah. Um, so your, your first contract was Equinox and Eclipse, right? Yeah. What was... Um... What, what, what were your itineraries on both ships? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. So my first itinerary was the Caribbean. Equinox mostly just stays in the Caribbean all year long. Mm-hmm. And then my second one was the Eclipse, where we actually started out and did the whole, like, you know, west side of the Mediterranean. And then we actually did a crossing back towards the Caribbean. So I, I kind of did, like, Europe and the Caribbean, which was nice. Yeah, because I'd never been to either places before, so that was like an amazing first contract. It was the best. That's cool. Um, and then my second contract, I did South America, which was really cool. Um, yeah, all of South America, up the west coast of North America, and then then I yeah then I was transferred to Summit, which was out of um, New York and Bermuda. So I did like New York to Bermuda back and forth all summer. Which oh, was that's super. cool. Yeah, yeah. I. I... I like the idea of being transferred between contracts because then you have the opportunity to kind of switch things up. Um, you're not stuck to this ship's itinerary. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's great that you were able to go to the to the Caribbean and then get out of there and then go to the Mediterranean for a little break, do the crossing. And then I believe on the crossing back, you go our back each night, right? Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, so and are, horrible going the other way. Are you are you are you the type to um to go to the bar after work, the crew bar and unwind? Um, definitely my first two contracts for sure. I I lived for you know nights in the crew bar. Yeah, and you know hanging out with my friends. Um, as I started to gain more responsibility in my roles, I definitely you know you know, dialed it down just because, you know, you you just can't be doing that, you know, especially if you're an active manager, you know, they don't like to see as many managers down there, you know, drinking and stuff or whatever. But. Right. You got to set a good, uh, 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 well, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course there is a whole lot of rules, so it's not like you can just go and get wasted every sure. night, you, gotta, you know, you still have to be responsible for yourself. Yeah. So. But it's, it's so much fun. Like, I loved, like, you know, Latin nights in the crew bar and, like, dancing with all, like, my friends down there. Like, that's so much fun. So, yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. Are you still um, actively on ships right now? 
Yeah, so I actually, before like the coronavirus and all of that hit, I actually was scheduled to go to the celebrity solstice in mm. New Zealand, which I was so excited for because I had never done like Australia and New Zealand. Same. So yeah, so I was supposed to go to the solstice starting at the end of April. And then obviously with all of this happening, um, it's delayed and don't know how long it's delayed for. Yeah. When um, when were you scheduled to um, to cruise? Or, well, to, to go on that next contract. Yeah, it was like end of April, I believe. Okay. Yeah, because I left my previous contract February 1st. And then I had like roughly get like two months off. I don't know if that's the same for everybody. But yeah, this time I had like two and a half months off. And mm-hmm. then I was supposed to go end of April. So yeah, like bought all my visas and everything. And then coronavirus struck oh, it up. Oh, man. Oh. Have you heard any news um, on your end? Uh, with the when they're going to start moving forward or anything like that or are you just as in the dark as everybody else well i do try to keep up with the news um just seeing just to stay aware of what's going on with especially with cruising um as of right now i know that the u.s ports are closed until september 15th i believe Mm -hmm. and i mean in canada we're not even opening our ports until november 1st and it seems that every country is kind of pushing it back and back and back. And mm-hmm. I know like Spain, for example, has closed their ports indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for people that don't know, the summer season is always like Alaska and that kind of thing. So that's completely done now because none of these ports are even open. Right. So I'm hoping that for the winter Caribbean season, things might pick up again. But it's just so hard to know, like with Corona, like, if there's a vaccine, how can they monitor people coming on and off the ship? And how do they know that they don't have it? It's it's really insane. Right. When did you end your last contract? Um, beginning of February. Oh, okay. So you you, bas- you just missed it then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like lucky in a sense that I didn't have to encounter that because I was, you know, so many of my friends were texting me that they were, you know, waiting and waiting to go home, which obviously the company was trying everything they could to, you know, repatriate the crew home. But obviously there's just so many crew members that right. it, it takes time. And, you know, some countries weren't being super open with allowing people to fly as crew members. And there was a lot of like, you know, rumors that ships had been starting it all and things like that, which is not true in any sense. If anything, ships are, as you know, like such a clean environment. Mm-hmm. And there's so many rules, like which occasionally if an outbreak does happen, it's probably caused by somebody bringing something back from a port versus right. actually like starting on board. Right. So yeah, it's just been, it's been hard to see, you know, everybody lose their jobs in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, it's it's difficult because you know I with with uh, my position with you know with Chip Life TV and I'm you know I end up talking about this a lot I end up getting a lot of people who ask me like when do you think they're gonna this this and this like open up and um, and there's a lot of people who have been asking me or at least mentioning you know uh, I met with a recruiter and they they've accepted me but now I don't know what to expect and I feel like one of the challenging things for um, new recruits, existing recruits, and people who just want to hop onto ships who are just thinking about it, it's it's so challenging right now because um, because there's no expectation. You know, I, I was 
chatting with a, a friend of mine, Daniel, a couple of weeks ago about his experience during quarantine on the ship. And that was just the main thing that we kept talking about is that it, it, there's a whole bunch of this going on right now. I don't know. Yeah, so. there's so many unknowns. I don't even think the companies fully know. I mean, obviously they have to cooperate with like, you know, the governments and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really complicated. Like, I don't think anyone was prepared for this. So mm -hmm. especially with cruising, but I know that we do have a lot of like diehard cruising fans who are like dying to get back on ships and mm -hmm. as guests and crew. So mm -hmm. I think it will make a comeback. I think it'll just be a slow start. And as to when is the question. Right. What um, do you have any opinions as to the future of cruising in general do you think this is this is going to impact cruising significantly and the the industry is just going to slowly teeter down or do you see it just rebuilding in the next few years what do you have any opinions on that based on your experience um i have some predictions i want to say i'm not sure if they're going to be accurate but just from like what i've read so far is I know like the buffet is a big thing because you know how people have to like scoop, like it's like self-serve basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just like from my experience, even when like one of my ships had like a norovirus outbreak, like they basically shut down the buffet and like have everybody else working to like, you know, so only certain people are touching things and mm -hmm. so on. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have a feeling that they're either going to get rid of the buffet completely yeah. or um will make it in a way that maybe they'll do like packaged meals or have more crew working the buffet so that they'll be the ones like serving you right um but that also leads to the question of like the, the crew mess because we also serve ourselves in there right so it's i feel like it's going to be a big change in that sense and i'm one of the like lucky people in my position i'm allowed to go to the guest buffet to like have dinner mm-hmm so I don't think that's going to be allowed anymore, which sucks a lot. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, because they have to limit the amount of people that are in there now. Yeah, so yeah. I think for crew, it's going to be more of a challenge just because I think a lot of our, the fun side of ships might be diminished a little bit for a while. You know, like crew parties and crew events, those things, I, I don't see that coming back right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just, you know, if you want to go grab a coffee from the coffee bar or this or that, like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say what they're going to do, but I think there's going to be a lot of change to come. Yeah. It's interesting when you bring up the idea of how they're going to handle the buffet and, uh, the idea of prepackaging food and then having crew serving the guests. Cause I think about, um, uh, the grocery stores around here. And how they've started prepackaging. For example, one of the stores that I like going to, it's called Vallarta. And um, one, one, one of the cool things that they would do is they'd make guacamole. They have like a guacamole station. Mm. But, and I just love seeing them do it because for me, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's like the epitome of fresh. Um, yeah. But now it's all prepackaged. And um, now when I look at it, it's hard for me to trust that it's fresh. It's like, did they actually make this today? I don't really know. And now whenever I go somewhere like for, uh, to see prepackaged food, I understand why they're, do why they're doing it. But at the same time, it's like, ah, but that takes away the experience and now it doesn't feel the same for me anymore. So I can only imagine 
what it's going to feel like if you are familiar with the buffet um, on the cruise ships and now you're just seeing either a bunch of prepackaged food or you can't select the ones that, you know, like I used to get the burgers all the time in Ocean View. And, yeah, Ocean View. <laughs> yeah. And so it's all just laid out, but it's not going to be that way anymore. So yeah. I, I, I find that prediction very interesting and it makes me curious to know what's going to happen with, um, with the spa, um, with the gym, you know, yeah. places like that. Yeah. That's another one of the privileges. Like I I'm grateful for like, is being able to use the guest gym, like not when it's busy, obviously, but having that option. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of scares me about going back is like, it just not being the same and having a lot more restrictions because for everybody who has worked on ships, they know that there is a lot of rules and a lot of restrictions. And, you know, cause you're basically like customer service 24 seven, even if you're not on duty per se, right. Um, you know, you always have to have your name tag on or whatever. So yeah, it's just, it's kind of sad because I feel like a lot of it's not going to be as fun as it used to be maybe, but I'm hoping that it also makes a comeback to where it can still be a really good environment. Right. Yeah, I know they're 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 doing as much as they can. And I, I feel like because of the lack of knowledge on what's happening and the lack of expectations there, it, it only leaves uh, a lot of people to speculate. And so then you have a lot of this negativity that's spreading around that that in, you know, in, in, in a lot of cases, it leads to conspiracies, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I've read so many. <laughs> I know it's you know, and it's, some of them is like it's kind of interesting. Like I, in the last year, I fell down this like this rabbit hole with flat Earth, you know, just just going on a completely different aside, and it's just baffling <laughs> to me. But um, we're not going to get into flat Earth in this podcast, <laughs> as interesting as I'm sure a lot of people would find it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it's that that's what I'm finding lately is that. You know, um, some of the people that I've seen either commenting or um, uh, hitting me up in in uh, on on the DMs or something like that, that because they don't know what to expect, they'll either ask questions that sound like they're leading to something else, or they're actually just making that direct assumption. But yeah. Anyway, um, so let's let's dive back into your your current role as a broadcast manager. First of all, do you have your own cabin? Yes. <laughs> Even when I was digital content manager, um, I had what's called a flip-flop for people that don't know what that is. It's like you have two beds like on either side, basically, and they flip down. But you have like your own room, but like the bathroom is shared with somebody else on the other side who also uh-huh. has a flip flip-flop bed uh-huh. so and I actually hated that more than having a roommate because the room is so much smaller yeah which like it's nice that you do have your own space but it's so small that you feel like you're suffocated in there sometimes <laughs> so yeah so when I got promoted that was like one of the things I was like finally like I have my own room mm-hmm. and I mean it's not huge also which like I don't think any room is huge unless you're like the captain or like the doctor you know one of the one of the higher up positions, but you know, um, yeah, I would take it any day. <laughs> have you, have you seen the captain's cabin? Yeah. So, um, a lot, for a lot of the things, uh, we have to do a lot of filming with the captain That's right. uh-huh. and one of my favorites to work with is captain Kate. She's amazing. A lot of people 
have probably heard of her at some point. Isn't she like the only woman captain and she's also, there's something special about her. Yeah, she's the first female American captain. There we go. Um, And I think she is the only one with celebrity right now. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's the only female at the moment. I remember when I started, I saw some like some advertisements on her or or something like that, like meet Captain meet Captain Kate, and Celebrity was so proud, and I was like, well, that's interesting, but I I don't know how special I didn't or at least I didn't know how special that was because I didn't know the background on, you know, like how rare that was, but yeah. but so you got to shoot her cabin and work with her directly. Yeah, yeah, I've got to work with her directly. She's also really big in uh, like the social media world. That so, you know, a couple sense. times she'd be like, hey, like, I would, like, go out and go snorkeling with her. And, like, me and her became, like, really good friends. And Oh, that's cool. It, yeah. So, and like, me and her both, like, love Instagram and things like that. So it was, like, really cool to, like, have that connection with the captain because normally, like, a lot of celebrity captains are known for being, like, these, you know, tough Greek guys mm-hmm. who you don't want to mess with. Yeah. But then I've also worked with, like, so many super nice down-to-earth captains as well. So... I've definitely seen like quite a few of like the bigger cabins just from like my friends and things like that, or like mm-hmm. touring, like um, filming tours of like the big suites on board and things mm-hmm. like that, which are really cool. So yeah, it definitely makes me like wish that I had a bigger room sometimes, but I'm still grateful that I have my own. Oh, for sure. Um, my, I think it was my, which contract was it? It was actually it was my first contract. Um, we had a, we had a captain that was like, I think he was one of the younger captains and he he loved our our group. We were in um I was in the jazz the jazz quartet and every now and then we we would play um some rock music. We'd play Led Zeppelin and he just absolutely like flipped every time he heard it. And so he really liked our group. Um but part of me also feels like he had a big crush on our lead singer. Um <laughs> cause, you know, a cute girl. Anyway, he would always approach us and you know ask us how we're doing this this and this but he he invited us to a uh, a Super Bowl party in his cabin. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so it was really really cool and um it was all the entertainment um people. So a lot of people from cast, dancers and um uh um groups, venue venue musicians. When we got there and as an aside, I remember he would order food and we'd have um, people delivering food to, uh, well, not we would have it, but people were delivering food to his room, but, and they would wheel the cart in. And I could only imagine how they were feeling when they would see all the musicians chilling with the captain, eating the food that they were delivering to, uh, to the captain. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um, I just remember how cool it was not only being able to hang out with the captain, actually see his room. He was like, he gave us a grand tour of everything. Like, look at my bathroom. His bathroom is like the size of a, a of one of our cabins. Yeah, <laughs> um, so nice bathtub. I wonder what that's like. I know. So anyway, that's, that's super cool. Um, being able to see the captain's cabin. Um, uh, in, in terms of going back to having your own uh, your own cabin. So you had, we, we used to call it the toilet, uh, the shared toilet. Yes. Yep. Uh, There's and, so many names for it, like the laptop cabin, the yeah. toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, you literally shower for, like, for people that don't know, the bathroom is so small, you're, like, standing over your toilet to shower. And mm-hmm. 
I feel like a lot of people like through like my social media because I only really ever post like my travel photos like I don't post a lot of like works stuff so I'm like people think I'm like living this like luxurious like cruise life and I'm like uh you guys haven't seen the size of my bathroom <laughs> right you can literally use your toilet and take a shower at the same time yeah <laughs> my wife um when I met her the first time um we we ended up spending a lot of time in her cabin and she had the the flip top so we both spent a lot of time in there and I remember just how small it was and you know, I would use her restroom and everything. Uh, and eventually on the next contract when we were together, we didn't use her cabin anymore because I had the double cabin. And I was lucky enough to have a um, a double cabin with no roommate. Mm. So then we both used that. We just used the top bunk as storage. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, That happens quite a bit, luckily. Like even when I was supposed to have roommates like because you're always bunked with you know other people in your department mm -hmm. so the odd time like because like in mostly my position it's like mainly males so i was like the one odd like female so i ended up in my own room a lot because like the ratio was off <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so absolutely that yeah, uh, I've, yeah i've noticed that happens um quite a lot too you know with especially with the ratio because they don't want to like mix it up too much um a lot of fraternization like, goes on. They'll mix apartments if they really need a cabin, but right. like, usually you can like fight against that if you like don't want to live with you know somebody who has a completely odd schedule than you or whatever. It can make it really difficult to like sleep and stuff. Right. So they're pretty good about that, though. I feel like. Yeah. Um. So I want to kind of dive into the chat at this point. Um, I know there's there's been some conversation in the chat, and I, I kind of want to dive back in to see if you guys have any questions. Um, and I just wanted to say again, um, thank you, Rochelle, for you know taking the time and sharing some of these stories and your experience. Um, for those of you that have any questions for myself or Rochelle um, on her experience as a broadcast manager working at the broadcast department or just in general you know feel free to leave them in the chat i know there were some people that were asking some questions on um we we definitely covered what we believe is the you know the the future right now with with quarantine um you know we 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 got into uh, a lot of different things now it's kind of hard for me to go all the way back through this chat and look for the questions but regardless, um, I think one thing that that I wanted to cover with you in addition to all of this is um, uh, your experience with musicians on the ship, right? So for those of you who are not familiar with me, um, I started off working in a jazz quartet and then I was in a duo. Uh, one thing that I like to talk about in general is basically the, uh, the stigma behind musicians and... Um, since you and I both have a mutual friend on ship who is a solo guitarist, did did you yourself um, experience um, the stigma of like the lazy musician from other people? Did you yourself feel that when you saw some of the musicians on the ship? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, depending on the position, like some people work a lot and some people, you know, have more leisure time, which unfortunately I feel like that's kind of just how it is, as like bad as that sounds. But um, my actually, my first roommate ever, she was in like one of the jazz bands as well. I wouldn't say jazz, it was more of like a pop um, four piece band. 
and they're from Indonesia and she became like a sister to me like to this day we're still best friends and she was like the best first roommate I could have possibly asked for and especially because I was like a female in broadcast a lot of the times my first roommates were musicians so I ended up becoming friends with a lot of the other musicians just because like you know same department that kind of thing having like a friend um that you live with um but yeah I feel like a lot of people sometimes would you know not necessarily hate on them but like be like oh they only have you know like two sets today and I know most musicians get like a day off per cruise or per week or whatever. Yeah. Um, just because one, they're resting like their vocal cords or whatever, but you know, which I think is important. So, and I think at the end of the day, they still have like a hard job. I think people like to, you know, point out or complain or whatever, but I'm like, well, you know, if you really wanted to do that, then, you know, do it too you know if you really hate your position that badly that you want to complain about your time then change it you know so I never really I mean I got that too in broadcast like thinking people like thinking that I had like the easy job and I'm like it's just because you don't see me out there working all the time like just because I'm not actively in your face working doesn't mean that I'm not like busting my butt every day <laughs> right yeah absolutely so, yeah yeah I think musicians like I've always had such a good time with them and they've are still some of my closest friends to this day. No, that's great. And I'm glad you you bring that up because that's something that I talk about as well. And I don't want to just limit it to musicians in general because um, there's a lot of positions on the ship that can be seen as just really simple and easy. And um, for, those of, for, for the other people who kind of view it that way, uh, the way that I view it is, well, then if you want to do that, then apply. Otherwise, exactly. just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So, That's one thing I love about celebrity is that they're very open to, you know, like if you decide you want to change departments completely and you want to like cross train, like they, you, you have those options, which I think is super cool. You know, I've seen people go from being, you know, a room cleaner to working in broadcast and then like having this whole new career and loving it. Or, you know, they find out they actually have an amazing voice and they become a singer or whatever. Yeah. 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 I've definitely seen that. Um, several times on the on, on the sh while working on cruise ships, where somebody literally will uh, just decide to go from uh, you know a, a very hands-on position to joining a band or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, we're gonna we're gonna finish up here, and I think the last question uh, and the last topic that I want to touch on is I know there's 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 also um, a negative stigma with working on cruise ships in general, and there's there's definitely a lot of cons in terms of working on cruise ships some of them being you know working long hours or the drills that you have to put up with the um some people aren't used to the mili military type environment mm -hmm. and um you know some of these old uh, some of these older ships or the smaller ships still carry um older uh traditions um in terms of the way they run the ships things like that but i guess my main question here is uh, in your opinion is it worth it, especially for new crew who are looking to sign on today? Yeah, I mean, going forward, obviously, it's going to be very different, like we talked about earlier. But for me, it was like the best possible experience, I think, ever, especially at the time I was in my life. Like I was kind of at like a crossroads where I wasn't really sure where to go next in my career. And I feel like just in the last like three and a half years, 
It's made me grow so much as a person. It's made me appreciate other cultures so much more. It's made me appreciate where I come from so much more. And I just have like such a respect for, you know, all crew members and what they do. And even just, you know, the entire operation, like I don't think people realize how much work goes into cruising, like behind the scenes. Right. Like it's crazy. Everybody is working so hard around the clock for months and months and months on end. Like, you know, we make the joke about we don't know what weekends are yeah. because it's true. You know, you either know it is a sea day or a port day. Um, but like, I'll tell you this one quick story is like one day I was grabbing coffee at the guest bar because, I, you know, we were allowed to do that some of the time. And I had this one guest start asking me, you know, about my position and what I was doing. So I start telling him about what I do. And then he goes, oh, so when do you think you're going to get a real job? Oh. And I was like, um, well, this is a real job. Like, I, th I think people sometimes have the idea that, you know, you just go there, you work a little bit, you travel, you just, you know, you party, you don't really actually work. But what they don't see is that it's probably like 85 or 90% work. Mm -hmm. and 10% traveling and having fun, yeah. depending on the time, you know, obviously sometimes it's a little more lax, but um, yeah, to me, I was like, actually, this is a real job. Like I couldn't have, you know, I'm still doing exactly what I went to school for. And yeah, so there's definitely a stigma around it, but 100%, I would say it's worth it to anybody looking to get into it. And I 100% agree with you as well. Um, I don't think that it's that... Uh, working on cruise ships is for everyone, but I definitely yeah. think that a lot of people should try it if, you know, uh, expanding their horizons is something that is interested, is, is, excuse me, is something that interests them. And if they love to travel, you know, if they, if, if they deal with challenges pretty well, because yeah. it is a challenging job. And you have to be very okay with change because, you know, change happens 27 <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely changes happen a lot on the cruise ship and again with the quarantine this is like one of the it's like the uh, it's it's a massive change for a lot of people um yeah. so yeah i agree with you 100 percent. but we're gonna wrap things up here and again rochelle thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and share this uh, wonderful information with the people who are watching now and the people who are going to be watching this uh, this episode later on. Um, if you guys uh, um, are curious to, to know more about Rochelle, you can check out her uh, Instagram. Let me see if I can do this right yet. Yeah, right over here. <laughs> um, so, so that's her. And um, again, Thank you for watching the Ship Life TV uh, podcast where our, we just want to raise awareness of the opportunity of working on cruise ships and help new and existing crew have an enjoyable experience. Um, if you guys like this episode, like it, subscribe if you want more. Um, you can check out the podcast as well. But um, that concludes our episode, and uh, we're going to sign off now. <laughs>